0: Couple of dudes walking uh, toward me. Very busy street, like they all are. A Couple of dudes walking toward me. I can just overhear the conversation as they're going by. Just kind of like jabber, jabber, jabber. Can't quite hear it. Then I only hear like one sentence. Jabber, 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 jabber. I've just always felt that you're the sweatier of the two of us as they walked by. I wanted to turn around and chase him down and say, wait a second, can you uh, bring me into this conversation? I just, I need context for that comment. All I heard was you say to him, I really think you're the sweatier of the two of us. And I'd like to know, what are you talking about? Why are you telling him this? Do
1: you disagree? (laughs) Wait a minute. I've always thought you were sweatier. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Well, they're sweating in Singapore, Jack. A high-stakes diplomatic effort. And Stephen Nelson of the Washington Examiner, he's a White House reporter, don't you know, joins us to talk about Trump, Kim Jong-un, Canada, and the rest of it. Man, what a weekend. Hello, Stephen. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. But
0: well, the clear question seems to me, who's a greater threat to American security, Canada or North Korea?
1: Right. Stephen, your opinion. No, we can't. <laughs> so, listen, why don't we start real quickly with Canada, because that's in the hazy past a day ago. <laughs> <laughs> the way things move in Trump's America. Uh so Trump blasting Trudeau, ruffling feathers, huh? Uh
2: yeah, certainly. I mean I I was personally surprised reading President Trump's uh, commentary on Twitter about uh Trudeau after they uh, seemed to have a, a, a amicable uh, in person uh rapport. Uh but you know President Trump is um I guess he's not one to be uh, uh, d- deceived in his his mind. Anyhow, uh, he, he felt that uh, Trudeau uh, said one thing to his face and uh, another as soon as he got on the plane. Um, but it is certainly uh, interesting that President Trump, you know, lashed out uh, quite so aggressively at uh, Canada's leader as he goes to meet with uh, North Korea's leader, who, of course, he's had uh, you know, a very careful, measured um, public rhetoric about uh, at least lately.
0: Well, I've taken in a lot of the coverage of this, and most of the mainstream media uh, feels like this is the most embarrassing thing Donald Trump has ever done. Um, Trump's people went out on the talk shows yesterday and said it was just an awful move by a supposed leader of a country to say one thing to the president of the United States and then say a different thing once he's in the plane. How, How do you see it?
2: You know, I, I think that Trump, I think he must have read uh, Trudeau's commentary rather than listen to it, because Trudeau, uh, you know, I, I was listening to the pending uh, remarks earlier. And it really—I mean—it it was you know the polite, meek, and mild uh, Canadian. So you think it comes <laughs> so to me that way anyway? You, you think the it content, read worse? I, I guess is uh, what, what was more offensive to President Trump.
0: Yeah, you know I haven't but, read it in print. Uh, yeah. Maybe it reads worse than it
1: sounds. Uh, it would almost have to because uh, I see your point, Stephen, and you're absolutely right. He delivers it in such a meek, mild Canadian way that the message I took from it was: yes, I can absolutely push you around. <laughs> There was a Canadian I mean, yes, effort at yeah, yeah, belligerence and it, it did not go well. <laughs> well, listen, uh, ruffled feathers et cetera. I think Trump actually made some great points about NATO not paying its fair share and you know our, our they they have tariffs against our dairy products. Of course, we have tariff, high tariffs on sugar, which is just an obscenity of swamp politics, and I'd love to see him do something about that, but I have a feeling we'll still be buddies with Canada when the the dust settles. Uh, what have you heard recently about the big uh, summit there? Uh, Stephen, between Trump and Kim, the schedule. Uh, what are you hearing from Gabby uh, Morangello, who's overseas covering it?
2: Oh gosh, Gabby has been very busy in Singapore. Apparently, uh, apparently, it's humidity there uh, makes DC look pleasant uh, over the summer. It must be difficult, but uh, Singapore, uh, it, of course, there are a lot of exciting things in the lead up to this big meeting, uh, which is taking place in just a few hours. Um, uh you know, anyone who's turned, tuned into television has seen Kim walking around Singapore in the dark with all of Singapore's leaders, it seems. Uh, and so, you know, a uh, hundred cameras flickering away. But um, th- there have been preliminary meetings between people who are lower level uh, head of uh, Ahead of the summit, um, it, it's going to be, uh, of course, you know, very interesting to see what comes away for uh, what, what uh, President Trump comes away with, whether it's just you know talk of a f- uh, friendly personal relationship or whether he's going to have something more concrete to post about uh, at the uh, 4 a.m. press conference hour time, which I and uh, everyone left in D.C. is going to be waking up for.
1: Yeah, hey, uh, it's just yeah, going to be a one-day yeah. summit, right? And, uh, originally, there was a provision maybe for a second, even a third day, but it's it's looking like one day now.
2: So President Trump is hopping on the plane tomorrow morning, our time. So, yes, it's uh, a very quick, quick thing. Uh, I I suppose the plans could change. You know, he is the president after all. I'm sure he could push it back if the meeting is, you know, fantastic or he feels they they have uh, more things to talk about. But right now the plan is uh, for them to meet and for President Trump to uh, give remarks to the press and then jump on the plane shortly after and uh, come back to the U.S. I
0: wonder how forthcoming... they're going to be either one of them about, you know, what they actually discussed when it was just the two of them.
2: I mean, President Trump is known for his candor.
0: I'd say.
2: (laughs) I've noticed. Uh, You know, he likes to talk. He's been in a talking mood. He, uh, I was actually at the White House on Friday when he flew off to Canada, and there were, there was hardly any reporters who showed up at seven in the morning. There were three of us in front of the television cameras, waiting to ask questions. And Trump took questions for 20 minutes. We almost ran out of questions what? because he was just willing to answer so many of
3: them. Yeah, and he
2: did the same thing in Canada, another 20-minute Q&A. So I think that he's going to want to talk about this. He's going to want to present it as a giant win uh, you know, really historic uh, event. Right. I, I think that we're going to be learning what, what what is said.
1: Stephen Nelson's White House reporter for the Washington Examiner. Hey, Stephen, I had heard that Trump really dislikes traveling overseas and getting out of his comfort zone and and the rest of it. Have you heard the same?
2: I don't know because I I don't see traveling overseas as necessarily being a lot different than traveling domestically. He takes long flights sport Air Force One routinely to uh, different areas of the country i mean i i suppose you know i suppose you might not like it i i don't really know mm, okay. I guess the, there might, he might not like how air force one is not quite so luxurious as his own plane i think that that might be his big reason
1: <laughs> not enough gold got it played it with gold uh all right then Stephen. we appreciate the report it's good to talk to you and uh we'll do it again soon great thank you Th- thanks brother I'm anticipating
0: the attacks the mainstream media is going to have on this. One oh, yeah, is going please. to be that it wasn't all solved in one meeting, right. so it's, it was a Very disaster. little
1: to announce. Exactly. Very little of substance, Jim.
0: The other is going to is is this, and this is going to be weird. I didn't realize they're doing a press conference together. So if it's at four Eastern, it'll be one o'clock uh, Pacific. Uh, I'm not now yeah, with my son. I might be up at one a.m. But oh, Um Trump is going to stand up there smiling next to one of the most evil people on the planet. And say really nice things about him. Mm -hmm. The press is going to beat him up for that. It's weird. It's, you know, politics makes strange bedfellows.
1: This is politics ultimately. Well, and Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin saved the world. Yeah. It reminds me of. um, In World War II, for those who are not fans of history, it was a big conflict a while back. Anyway, back to Jack. Because I'm
0: still reading this book called The Maskey Diaries, and it's from the 30s and early 40s, and it was the. Uh, Soviet ambassador to Great Britain, and he kept a diary. Oh, which was, right! It's yeah. really interesting, and I keep getting back into it. But anyway, Churchill has finally shown up in the uh, in the in the diary, and um, Churchill runs over to him and starts talking to him about uh, Stalin needs to do this and how Stalin doing on that, and then tell him hey t- t- tell Stalin hey for me. And Churchill absolutely knew what the Soviet Union was, absolutely knew what it was, but he also knew what Hitler was and that they were going to need Stalin as friends. Right, and it just was you know I'll be friends with that evil guy. To stop that evil guy, right? It's just it's just the way the world works. I mean, you got to grow up and accept it. But I guarantee tomorrow there's going to be a lot of talk about Trump smiling and laughing, and it will look weird.
1: And it's with, worth noting I with the I guess. murderous dictator. But that's that's just the way it works. Yeah, it's absolutely the way it works. You know, as to the uh, you know the inevitable criticism for the lack of substantive agreement, which is almost certainly going to be the narrative. Uh, Because, uh, well, uh, let me put it to you like this. If you had, say, a neighbor that you had horrific relationships with, like you were afraid he was going to kill you, he once punched your children. I mean, just horrific relationships. And you went over to the fence and you said, all right, John. We got to work this out because this cannot last. And he said, "Yeah, it's been terrible." Let's. I tell you what. Why don't I respect you? You respect me, and uh, let me let me buy you guys dinner tonight. And I'll, you think, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? If there were some sort of big, substantive like framework of something announced, I would think, wait a minute, what is on up to? Right. What is Fathead trying to pull here? I like the idea of. Okay, listen, uh, we got a working group. We're within a couple of months of probably uh, ending the armistice and ending the Korean War officially and maybe demilitarizing the DMZ. And then we're going to talk about maybe, you know, de escalating the arms race, blah, blah, blah. I think that would be by far the most promising, you know, a couple of steps. How about this? And I ask this semi seriously. Excellent. I will answer you semi seriously.
0: Because we talked with our military analysts many times about. You know, decapitating uh, North Korea. How hard it would be to do to take out Kim. You don't know exactly where it is. Um, You'd need help from allies, anti-aircraft, blah, blah, blah. How difficult it was. How about Trump leaps across the table, stabs him in the neck with a pen knife. Oh, my God. Takes the guy out, decapitates the
1: regime. Literally. Saws off his head.
0: Well, I don't know about that. Now you're getting silly. (laughs)
1: I'm Um, sorry. No, but seriously, jumps across, stabs him in the neck, kills him. (laughs) Let's all take a look at that sentence. But seriously, jumps across the table, stabs kidding. him in the neck and kills him.
0: Would that be a bad thing? Or would that be We got to him, yes, we did that it. that would be he's a bad gone. thing.
1: You can't have one head of state assassinating another one. You can't that one. You don't want to normalize Why not that. that one. Well, it's,
0: it's the principle. You don't want to normalize Lil' Kim being a, a, a leader with of respect. Did either. Churchill leap across the table and stab Stalin? It wouldn't have been to
1: his benefit. Yeah, that's true. This would actually be to our benefit. It'd be to the world's benefit. What? Who would take over North Korea? What would happen then? The
0: generals, I think, would all get together and say, "Oh, he's gone. He's gone. We in. We in. Let's talk to Trump and make a deal. How about a little trade? How about you open a golf club?" Yeah, exactly. Wait. I think the world would would be. We up. eat
1: golf balls here. That's how hung how hungry we are. I
0: think they would move up the peace prize announcement and give it to Trump as he stands there holding the bloody head.
1: Yes. Oh, so now you're with me on the
0: complete severing of the head. What if Dennis Rodman is in the room and he does it? Yes. Yeah. Wait a I got, minute.
3: I got it. Let me let me do this. Really.
0: That's why Rodman's Barry's yeah, close yeah. friend. He just takes out one of his piercings and and just cuts it, Kim's throat. Cause uh Trump's a seventy two year old man. I don't know if he really should be getting into yeah, hand combat with anyone.
1: Especially a uh, well, a low center of gravity fella half his age. But Rodman could take him up. Rodman you know, could take him. Seriously, He's only, got reach for one I'm thing. only
0: half kidding. Why wouldn't if we were even having the discussion about decapitating the regime? Why
1: wouldn't you do it at that level? Because no head of state would ever meet with the president again. going to stab Merkel. (laughs) This is a different situation. Wow. You make John Bolton look like, well, I don't know, not John Bolton. (laughs) Somebody less scary than John
0: Bolton. Yeah. You're
1: listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation.
0: we once again have the most powerful computer in the world china did for a while but we got a new computer gonna tell you about that in a little bit it's amazing i'm
1: glad i didn't know china had a better one it would have freaked me out we just got this text
0: on the uh, north korean summit As a former military intel specializing in North Korea, well, that's handy. An intelligence officer who specializes in North Korea texting us. That's fairly useful. I've been a major skeptic, but the fact that they stayed silent publicly after Rudy Giuliani made those ridiculous remarks. Remember when Rudy said, oh, he crawled
1: back to us. Yeah. We thought, what the dumb effing thing to say?
0: I would walk away from a negotiation where I'm going to get the better end of the deal. If you said that to me.
1: Yep. Um,
0: And I think I actually might. It'd be hard not to. No, 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 no. This is over. I'm out. Goodbye. You don't say that. The fact that they stayed silent after Rudy made those ridiculous remarks actually gives me some hope they are serious. To let that go unanswered is completely out of character for them. Yeah. Yeah. They chose to let that go. And this guy who studied it for a living says that is not something they normally do. And I wonder... Did Rudy do that on purpose at
1: Trump's behest to say, let's see how serious they are, if they're willing to put up with this sort of crap? That's an interesting notion. That's a hell of a gamble. I'd say. I mean, uh, there are other ways to ascertain that without, you know, going that far. Yeah, you know. It's an interesting notion. I'm
0: presupposing some actual three-dimensional chess if you're doing that. Right,
1: right, right. And Rudy is clearly off his rocker. (laughs) Although I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Boy, I, I tell you what, I... If they swore me to silence or, you know, uh, fitted me with a compliance belt or put a bomb up me or something and threatened to set it off if I said a word, I would agree to that. Just if somebody would fill me in, okay, here's what's going on with North Korea's finances. And China has said this. And Trump said to China, look, those trillions of dollars in trade. You got to help us on this, or I'm going to go full on. I'm a crazy guy, uh, <laughs> t- t- tariff war thing, and it all fit together. And calls were made, and and, and said, "All right, I'll sit." You assure me 100 percent my regime security, no invasion, no attack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he looked at G uh, and said, "That's what she said." And then, uh, and you know, and said, "Look, if I get a single threat, I go hog wild. I, re- it's possible." All those things came together in a moment where North Korea is truly serious and our intelligence friend is right. I still, I mean, you're going into a negotiation with uh, with the regime, well, you know, his papa and grandpapa. They were the absolute kings of coming to agreements and violating them. So, you know, I I don't want to look like a jackass when it happens again. But, you know, yeah. neither does Trump. Right. So I don't want to, you know, sound the optimistic note, but this gent, you know, has some idea what he's talking about, obviously.
0: Uh, do you want to hear about the supercomputer? Yeah, sure. Why not? There you go.
1: I have a couple of uh, intriguing uh, examples of what if you escape justice for many decades and they find you? That's a, that's always a good one. Yeah. I if, I got a if, if a person's
0: been li- living a like crime-free life for 50 years or something like that, you go back and put him in jail for...
1: How about about a guy who deserted the Air Force 35 years ago? Just got tired of being in the Air Force. (laughs) What are we going to do with him?
0: That's his only crime? Eh, Stay tuned. Okay. Um, So Summit is the name of this new supercomputer that we've got. It's the most powerful computer in the world. Yes. Surpassing the the one that uh, China had. Thank God. Uh, we should have the most powerful computer in the world, not the Chinese. $200 million. The specs for it defy comprehension. And as I was reading it, it was defying my comprehension. But that's not saying a lot. Sure enough. Summit is a 200 petaflop machine. Oh! I'm guessing you've never come across it is the a term. known petaflop. <laughs> I'm guessing you've never come across the term petaflop. That's a, that's a big number. Wow. Meaning it can perform 20 quadrillion calculations per second. Whatever a quadrillion is. <sighs> Never mind 20 of them. That's about a million times faster than a typical laptop computer.
1: Which is miraculously fast, really.
0: As the New York Times put it, a human would require 63 billion years to do what Summit can do in a single second. That's... Well, you can't even imagine that. That does... Be-
1: better get started.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that as, again, it
1: defies uh, comprehension.
0: Yeah, or as MIT's put it, everyone on Earth would have to do a calculation every second of every day for 305 days to crunch what the new machine can do in a blink of an eye. Wow. I mean, those are just amazing numbers. It's got 4,608 servers, 9,200 central processing chips... Twenty-seven thousand graphics processors weighs three hundred and forty tons. Okay, so it is a gigantic system of computers that works as one. Right, but so what does it do? Was my question. Here's the what interesting the hell's stuff. the point, huh? This is where you it can gets run scary. Excel
1: and Safari at once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can watch Netflix and get a text.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> um, it's all about, and the, the, the human brain is still the most amazing computer on Earth. They, they've still not ever made a computer as good as the, the human brain, or maybe they have with Summit. Um, it's all about AI, artificial intelligence. Summit is the first supercomputer specifically designed to handle AI-specific applications. Such a machine would be at uh, learning neural networks like the human brain. It's thousands of AI-optimized chips allow the machine to crunch right through hideous amounts of data in search of patterns that are imperceptible to humans patterns that we do
1: our brain does that we don't even know about R- right sure medical research that's got to be a big one it's like the watson thing but uh, well, on steroids i'm
0: thinking about these computers that pick up on our emotions our thoughts can predict what we're going to say do want based on our facial expressions or the way we act
1: llama this... no computer could predict i was going to say that <laughs> the human brain wins again marshall's news is coming up next and we'll
0: have a little more about that what's it about one word give me one word marshall Singapore Summit. Singapore. That's the, two. Coming up on the Armstrong. It is.
1: Idiot. Idiot.
0: How amazing is the modern world? We have breaking news. When news breaks, the donkey prays. This is how amazing the modern <laughs> world is. Dennis Rodman has arrived in Singapore. Yes. And they have a microphone in his face. Yes.
3: <laughs> oh, that explains why Brendan got piercings. I was wondering why he did that. He's starting to theme <laughs> himself
4: <laughs> with the breaking news. Yeah. Yeah. with a bunch of piercings yeah. in his lip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now so, I get it.
1: So <laughs> we're now going to hear Dennis Rodman commenting from Singapore on the upcoming summit. He's walking through the airport. Yeah. They're just sticking microphones at his face right now.
3: The star has just touched down, and I believe he's taking some reporters' questions. Let's take a listen. yeah and I think that, uh, lovely for you guys. I be here. Wait a second, pause it.
1: He's wearing his potcoin.com t-shirt because <laughs> that fine marijuana-related cryptocurrency has sponsored his visit apparently on Earth, where I've lived my whole life this is
3: happening. An Sorry, odd, just trying to come to terms. An odd pairing the marijuana and the blockchain. <laughs> yeah.
0: His potcoin.com <laughs> t-shirt anyway back to the great international bringer together between his mumbling and the microphones i don't know if this is gonna be worth it but here we go come on <laughs>
1: trump and
3: trump well, it could have been a disaster you know it could have been a disaster we could we could have, trump could have said something different uh Kim could have said something different but i think that it's furthest to say that both of them will just see what this this uh, this meeting is going to go so so it should go fairly well, but uh, people should not expect so much uh, for the first time. So, open like I said, the door is open. Uh, well, it's exciting be- for you, Mr. Romney, to be here. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just exciting to be a part of it. That's the main thing. It's excited to be a part of it. Mr. Romney, are you planning to meet Mr. Kim tomorrow? Yeah. Well, you know, I said, say, uh, you know, this is uh, up in the air right now. So, and I guess the bigger thing to worry about than, the, you know, seeing me right now. Like,
0: you know, the answer to that question was no.
1: I have no way to meet anybody. Uh, no. Uh, no. No. I don't even have a room. Hey, by the way, note to self we've got to uh, grab that little tape for the show intro. This should go fairly well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So, also, uh, uh, Mr. Rodman, who is tougher to box out? Uh, Charles Oakley or Bill Lambier? <laughs> Yeah, either way. <laughs> so, uh, and
0: we'll listen to see if there's any nuggets in that as they're they're just interviewing him. As he walks through the airport. Keep in mind that MSNBC broke away with their regular NBC network legal correspondent. What is that guy's name? I forget his name, but he's the one that comes on in regular NBC News, right. mm-hmm. who was talking about a Supreme Court announcement that just came out of five minutes ago on something about voters or whatever. You know, a real deal, real yeah, They important. broke. They broke away from him. Because Dennis Rodman is walking through the airport. I'm all in the world. I'm all in the world. We're all in the world. That, I'm gonna do one thing. <laughs> that actually happened, Peter wow. Williams. So they're talking to Peter Williams about the uh, the breaking Supreme Court announcement on voting that is very important to go to Dennis Rodman. Look uh, at
3: these guys here. Look at them. That's just that's just where we are. That's just
0: where we are as a society. What a great time to be alive. It is a great time to be alive. Ah,
4: so anyway, ah. more Dennis Rodman coming up right now. The news with Marshall Phillips. Well, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is pumped. He says he and the president are energized about this upcoming summit.
3: The fact that our two leaders are sitting down face-to-face is a sign of the enormous potential to accomplish something that will immensely benefit both of our peoples and the entire world. Now, members of the administration are
4: saying the president will not discuss North Korea's poor human rights record when he meets with Kim What Trump will likely do, they're saying, is to offer security and financial assistance in exchange for North Korea giving up its nuclear weapons program.
0: Now, I get that, but that's the sort of thing that a lot of people on the right screamed at Barack Obama about, that he never brought up human rights issues with Iran as we were trying to do the nuclear deal, and he got mocked, or uh, John Kerry got mocked as Secretary of State for saying, you know, we're going to keep these things separate. Well, they're not separate. You can't separate them. Well, we're, we're separating them with North
1: Korea, apparently, and... Well, we got our three guys back. Yeah? So, you well, know, that's better than Obama did, huh?
0: But uh, there's no point. If you're trying to keep a country from getting a nuclear weapon that can threaten right. you... There's no point in sitting the people down and saying, you know, you're not very nice to your protesters.
3: Yeah. yeah, It just you, isn't. you got to cross things off the list one it, at a time. Yeah, yeah exactly.
4: Yeah. The uh, summit, by the way, is set to start at 6 tonight, West Coast time, so it'll be right in prime time for all of us who want to uh, check it out. Although that's probably going to be behind closed doors.
0: They're going to have yeah. a press conference at 1 in the morning, Yeah, West Coast time, which, uh, you know, I'm probably going to tape and get up early and watch.
1: So here's a question for you. He was little Fadun going out for a bang-bang? Is that why he was out on the town? <laughs> the official dinner wasn't enough grub, and so he, he said, Where well, is there's chow available this time of night?
0: Or was he thinking, I want to see what a real country looks like? Yeah, I've been trapped in my yeah. crappy country for so long.
4: I wonder. You mentioned the Supreme Court. The court has ruled that states can clean up their voting rolls by targeting people who haven't cast ballots in a while. So it's a case out of Ohio The justices rejected by a 5-4 vote Arguments in the case that the practice violates a federal law intended to increase the ranks of registered voters. Hmm. So those are the couple of sentences we have at this point. Back to Little Fathead. Yes. Um,
0: There's the possibility, right? Just he's a human being with human nature. There's a possibility that he just, you know, decided, you know, I don't want to be my dad or my grandfather. Yes. I'm just not interested in that. I, I kind of was, you know, born into it. It was given to me as a 30-year-old. I've done it for a couple of years. This is not what I want to do.
1: Yes, it is possible. And it occurs to me they're in a benign dictatorship. The, the political system there is is odd. It's, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's worth reading about if you're ever interested. And I... My theory is that some group of people, including the Chinese, got to Un and said, listen, you can keep power, you can keep your dome attached to your neck, and or not go in front of the firing squad, and we will help you with the transition from your current dictatorship to a different sort, Uh, but that's a hard thing to do, not end up beheaded or in front of a firing squad. Because
0: he should be beheaded or shot for the things that he's
1: done. Sure. Yeah. Everybody, in the con- everybody who lives in North Korea, Joe, note to self, when you start to say country, go ahead and finish the word. Everybody in his country um, really, except for the super elite, have justification for killing the guy. So so yeah, but the idea that listen, I'm a nice guy right. now. Well, can we forgive and forget? I'll give you some rights. Maybe we get some commerce going and uh, uh, bygones, right? Water under the bridge. Oh, you haven't had water. That's right for like two weeks. <laughs> You're drinking your own urine. Sorry, probably a bad choice of words. Anyway, sorry let's about all get your long.
0: Sorry about your tapeworm. Anyway,
1: yeah. Sorry about that. Three generations that came before you that I my my papa had tortured. But anyway, so I yeah, that's possible. He's decided to mutate the regime. But again. That's a tough one. Woo! That's not easy to do.
4: Wanted to get to this one. An Air Force captain with top, clear- top secret clearance who deserted from Kirkland Air Base in Albuquerque 35 years ago is now in custody in California. The Air Force Office of Special Investigations say Captain William Howard Hughes Jr. is being held at Travis Air Force Base in Northern California after he got arrested last week. He was taken into custody at his home after a fraud investigation involving a fake identity he had been using turned up, and he was taken into custody. Has Before, he committed
0: any other crimes while he's been on the lam?
4: Not, not from what we can see. It looks a, like. Go ahead. It, he, it looks like he said uh, he was 33 years old when he disappeared. He said after he was caught last week that he'd been depressed about being in the air force and just decided to leave
1: the the air force says he was either captured by soviet agents or had voluntarily defected to the soviet union that was their theory hmm.
0: my my argument for forgiving people like that because that happens every now and then where they catch somebody who's committed a crime yeah. if they're if they're living the state and narrow straight and narrow weren't you gonna put him in prison or jail for a certain amount of time with the hope that he's rehabilitated and then gets out and doesn't commit any crimes? so well, I mean, Haven't you ended up with the, the result the, you wanted,
1: in the effect? The two sides of the coin of punishment, Jack, are punishment and rehabilitation. He hasn't been punished. He needs to be punished. Particul- now, the Soviet agent thing, I say you hunt him down to the ends of the earth, and if they're 98 yeah. years old, oh, yeah. you throw sure. him in jail for the rest of the days. Indeed, if he was right. a Soviet agent. I don't know that he was. But then you got this case out of Phoenix... Charles Cagley snuck away from an Iowa prison 37 years ago. And his, his lawyer says he's been living peacefully and lawfully, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and listen to this. This is some pretty persuasive stuff. Uh, his wife said he does a lot of reading. He's read a lot of books. And he constructed a backgammon game out of cardboard and sugar containers.
0: It's the best that can be said about him. I hope I leave a better mark than that.
1: A little classic rock reference here, if I may. He looks like David Crosby, if David Crosby had taken care of himself worse. Well, what was his crime that put him in jail? Do we know that? Let's see. Escape he entered prison in 1978 to serve a 10-year sentence, less time for good behavior on a robbery conviction.
0: Yeah, see. He you robbed
1: somebody. That's a violent crime.
0: Yeah, but you, you hope to put him in jail and rehabilitate him. He's clearly rehabilitated.
1: Virginia Cagley previously said her husband fled because he was threatened by other inmates who wanted him to smuggle marijuana into prison. I can believe that. And somebody tried to break into her trailer, somebody on the outside. Hmm. We were in fear for our lives, so we ran. I don't know. It's Let the point. old bastard go. There you go. That's what I say. A little mercy, huh?
4: little mercy, little news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the
3: nation.
0: That, thank you, Squawky. That reminds me. we got to play that great Trump clip again. <laughs> See if you have any guesses. We've got a great Trump clip from the weekend. Didn't get any attention. See if you have any guesses as to who Donald Trump's talking about. It's pretty exciting. The petering out is on the way. hmm so why did NBC go live to Dennis Rodman? Only because they thought he might say something outline-ish and controversial, right?
4: Around the world. Around the world.
0: Right. I'm going to do one thing. Right. Yes, that's why. So I'm glad they did. So the line is completely blurred with no um, even pretending that it's not between news and entertainment. Look at these people. Look at Look him. at these guys. <laughs> look at them. We're not even <laughs> pretending anymore. No. Okay. If it's entertaining, it's good enough. It doesn't have to have a point. That's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Either way. You understand now. Yes. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience
1: Of 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 the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: and that
3: was that was dennis rodman just landing at singapore's airport there
1: and i want to toss back to andrea who is in singapore tracking all of these extraordinary
0: so then you throw it to andrea mitchell (laughs) with the cry on underneath her saying dennis rodman arrives in singapore what, what is she supposed to say about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it would seem. And that well. was Dennis Rodman, what she wanted to say, and that was pointless. <laughs> what well, we just aired on MSNBC. <laughs> hilarious. Speaking of hilarious, I got something hilarious for you. You got something time for something hilarious? Sure, why not? It's a it's little lightning in the mood, huh? From a friend of mine. So apparently he's at, the, I'm grasping, he's at the uh, landfill with this. And he'd cleaned out his garage, and he was throwing stuff in the cardboard recycling bin there. Giant, giant, you know, those giant metal bins they got some places. Taller than you are, which is key to the story. He realizes that he thinks he accidentally tossed his 1967 Dodger-signed baseball into the, uh, the gar- giant garbage bin. Yeah. So he gets in there, he jumps in there, and he starts throwing boxes out of the bin <laughs> while he's in there trying to search for the ball. He finally gets to the bottom and realizes he's now at the bottom of the bin that's way above his head, and he's at the very bottom of the bin, and he sees that there are security cameras around, so people are getting video of this, and he's not sure he can get himself out of there, because they're slippery on the sides. Yeah. And he said with... Well, I'll just read his text. Um... I didn't want to look trapped on film, because you know this is the sort of video that goes viral. Right. You know
1: it does. Right. And they'll fast forward through and throw out the trash, because that'll make it funnier. I
0: didn't want to look trapped on film, so with every last ounce of strength, I leaped up, grabbed the top, and vaulted out like a pro. My arms and entire body hurt today, but I didn't look bad. And I sure wasn't going to call 911. he's about our age.
1: (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That is funny.
0: You'd have the adrenaline going, because if you tried to jump up there and got, like, one leg over and fell back in, that's on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. (laughs) Guaranteed.
1: Ah, beautiful. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, yo, son. This is Final Thoughts with A&G. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe <laughs> Getty. That was brave and hippity-hoppity, wasn't it? Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody. Michelangelo, your final thought? Hey, kids. If you set up a lemonade stand, focus on customer service. I went to buy lemonade
4: this past weekend from two little kids, and they wouldn't take checks. Got to do better.
3: <laughs> uh, do you take a two-party out-of-state check? You don't! Positive Sean, your final thought? Yeah, the Anthony Bourdain suicide hit me rather hard. I was a big fan of his writings, uh, if not his cooking. And uh, I went through a lot of quotes of his. This one uh, struck me particularly hard. I don't have any further context. I'll just play this and uh, we'll go from there. I feel kind of like a freak and I feel very isolated.
1: I communicate
3: for a living, but I'm terrible at communicating with people I care about interesting yeah. i i find that to be ring that rings true with me and i something i i feel i need to do better at huh mm. interesting
4: hey well, uh, marshall phillips your final thought well i tell you on an entirely different note i just got a call from my financial advisor and there is another pay packet waiting for me thanks to that wonderful
1: horsey justified Oh, terrific.
0: Yes. You bet you. on the Triple Crown winner.
1: Yes. Congratulations. De- degenerate yeah. gambler. Uh, Jack, what's your final thought for us?
0: I don't know what's going to come out of the press conference in at one in the morning our time with Trump and Kim, but there's not a chance it's not entertaining. Don't you think? Zero chance.
1: It, it, it's got to be. That it's it w- not extraordinary. It would be mind-boggling if it were boring. Yeah. So there there you go. Set it's your DVR. perfect storm. Or, or we'll have the highlights in the morning. Yeah. Jack, I was a little, uh, a little offended at your haughtiness in making fun of the escaped convict who made a, uh, what was it, a backgammon set out of old sugar packets Indeed. and uh, <laughs> containers and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I looked into it uh, a little more. A clever fellow, he made a, a cribbage board out of a ketchup <laughs> bottle and a shoelace and a Yahtzee set out of a soda straw and a dead mouse. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, using it's uh, time on the lamb to do good. Armstrong and Getty are having (laughs) another grueling four-hour work. So many people to thank. So little uh, time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the articles we talked about, the links, the people there. Our contact info is there. Let us know what uh, what we ought to be talking about, what you think.
0: Can't we all breathe a little easier now that the worm has landed? See you tomorrow. God bless America.
2: This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big
1: mistake, but not too bad. I'll wear panties and a little black dress. It should go fairly well. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.